Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. If you've been enjoying these podcasts, if you would share them on your Instagram, your social media, take a snapshot and post it in your story. You can tag at Ryan Yusta uh, underscore and then at Krista Yusta. You'll find us online. Um, but thanks again for uh, being a part of what's going on here with our podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about your esteem for the word. There's a scripture in Second Chronicles um, uh, chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 20, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And it says here, it says, And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. We see here a key that God has given to his people um, uh, in, in advancing in their life spiritually. You know, one of the things that I see that I think really... Uh, for me is one of the most upsetting things, but is Christians who are lazy about their faith, almost like you can go on cruise control with your faith, where the Bible says, if you believe in the Lord, your God, you will be established. When someone comes to saving faith uh, in Jesus, there's a faith that mixes with the message. There's a message that is preached. There's a faith that mixes, hey, eternity is forever. I want to go to heaven. Jesus is the only one who paid the price. When you hear the gospel preached, right? Jesus is the only one who did it. There's no one else I can go to on planet earth to forgive my sins for me. Because God is the only one who's sin-free. He's the only one who created. He He made the rules. He made the laws. And so he's the one who can do it. So I'm going to God to have my sins forgiven, right? And the only way he provided is through Jesus Christ. There's no second way. There's no third way. There's no payment plan, right? It's by faith in Jesus Christ. So there's a faith that's mixed. But every bit of ground that we gain as Christians is through the faith being mixed with the word. It doesn't change. The pattern is still the same. In the same way, you don't go to heaven if you don't believe on Jesus Christ. You hear the gospel message and you believe. It's it's the same with anything else. But people get into this mode of like, okay, I'm a Christian now. Now I can just chill, right? And so they're in this mode of, oh, I'm just living my life. I'm doing my thing. And they're just coasting through without understanding that the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So when it says, when you believe in the Lord, you will be established. There's more to that than just knowing that he saved you and forgave you. That's the, that is the bulk of the gospel, but there's more to it than that. There's, Hey, you're not going to have peace of mind if you don't believe in the Lord to be your peace of mind, if you don't go out, go after it. And so today we're going to talk about um, being a person who esteems the Word of God. The Word of God, the Bible, the Word of God is the number one key to your success. In Joshua chapter 1, the Lord said um, to Joshua, He said, Meditate in the Word both day and night that you may... um, be, that you may uh, have good success in all that you do. He said, as you keep your eyes on the word, you'll you'll go from a person who flounders. Well, he doesn't. This is me. This is me uh, uh, enumerating, right? Um, uh, explaining here. But um, he says, as you be strong and of good courage, only be strong and courageous. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. The way that you esteem the word is really dictates your destiny. Joshua, the only reason that he was able to lead people into the promised land is because he esteemed the word of God. When God showed up to him, it hit him like, man, uh, my, my, I was the servant of, of Moses, and Moses followed uh, this pattern. And for me, if I'm going to have any success, it's going to come by the word. 
but people just get in a, a place of uh, kind of just um, what's the word I'm looking for? People get in a place of just complacency with their Christian walk. Where yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm happy to be a Christian. I'm enjoying my Christianity. Where Christianity is really about gaining ground. God has an inheritance for you. But first of all, we have to know what it is and then how to access it. And it's all through the word. The way that you uh, esteem the word of God will will dictate how far you go in your walk with the Lord. Your esteem for the word will dictate your destiny. It's determined by your reverence for the word, your obedience for the word. Uh, there's really three things, I believe, that, that separate th- uh, people. There's, there's the three main things. I would say how you... Uh, how you reverence the word of God, how you respond to godly authority, and how much and your love for the Lord. You know, for us, our response to godly authority actually shows God uh, if we'll obey Him or not. You know, if you have authority that's not godly and they're giving you wrong direction, then we know, hey, that's not the right thing to do. If your parents are giving you direction that's leading you into sin, right? If you're in a situation where you're getting instruction from your boss to do something illegal, then then that's not godly authority. But if someone is is put in place by God and it's godly authority, how we respond to them is ultimately a test of how we'll respond to the authority of God. Because for many times, the instruction of the Lord is not what we want, right? We don't want to go forgive that person when they've done us wrong, right? We don't want to walk in love. We don't want to, oh, they did me wrong and I'm dealing with this forgiveness. And then God says, go give him money, right? And you're like, they did me wrong. What do you mean give them money? So sometimes the instruction is as, as humans, we think, man, this is not what I was looking for. So God puts authority over us. That's why one of the Ten Commandments was obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. That was a command that came with a promise because God knew how people respond to their parents is ultimately how they're going to respond to me. The people out there who uh, hear the word of God and just, ah, I just do my own thing. This is Burger King. I can just have it my way. Those people are ones who most likely sowed seed of disobedience to their parents. So you have to, you understand the pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles, prophets are put there. The pastors are put there to shepherd your souls. They're there. Their job is to guide you into heaven. And so when you, when you uh, walk away from that sort of godly leadership, you're actually, you're actually taking a protection that God has given you um, for eternity and you're getting rid of it. uh, the godly authority is put in place by God as a test to see if we're able to handle more responsibility. So the first thing we have to realize is that, first of all, life is not about us. Life for Jesus on earth was not about himself, right? It was about fulfilling the mission. It was about his father and it was about mankind. And so for us, it's no different. Uh, it's no different for us. Our life is about God, our love relationship with the Lord, and then doing His purpose, and it's about mankind. God has put us here on this earth. God has saved us, people who are zealous of good works. There's no—I heard uh, heard someone say that the people who suffer with depression, the number one reason for depression is self-awareness, is this— is being self-centered, right? Thinking about themselves too much. Oh, this is what's going on in my life. This victim mentality that comes. And so understand that life is not about you. God has given you the word as a way to progress, to take your inheritance, but really to, to, to gain ground so that you can be 
at peace with God, walking in victory, and then working exploits. You have to look at pl- life on planet Earth as as not the only life that you're going to live. If you're living only for planet Earth, you're always going to be looking to find some sort of pleasure on your own, seeking your own comfort, right? But when you understand there's eternity coming, and yes, I may not know all the details, but I know the word says that God's gone, gone to prepare a place for me, that there's going to be every tear will be wiped away, that it'll be joy unspeakable, right? That I'm not living for here. I'm making decisions here for eternity. I'm making decisions here that are going to guide me into the into heaven, into the presence of God, and here, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm not trying to extract all of my pleasure out of planet Earth because I'm worried that time is running out. Time is running out in the context that we're going to get to eternity soon enough. But how you view uh, the world. It's not about you. Your life is not about you. You're here for somebody else. That's so evidenced in having children. You know, my wife and I have a kid on the way. We got a baby coming in just over a month from now. But, um, you know, when you have a child, this is going to be our first. When you have a child, life changes because all of a sudden I'm responsible now for this child. This child's needs comes before my own. If I have to I'll never be in this position financially, but if I have to choose between eating and giving my child some need, the child gets it because it's not about me, right? I'm uh, I'm responsible for this child. Even the law's perspective sees it that way. If someone leads leaves their child in the car and the ch- the the the, the, the the temperature's hot and the child, whatever, like things like that happen. The parents see the parents are held responsible. If the parent leaves their car keys on the counter and and the kids take the car keys and get into an accident, the parents held responsible for that. And so it's not about you. It's about God and it's about humanity. And when the moment you can shift your focus, and it really comes um, to our love for God. Our I talked about your esteem for the word, <clears throat> your honor for authority, but your love for the Lord. As you fall fall more in love with Jesus, your life will begin to look more like his. You'll have more of a heart like his. Man, this isn't about me. If I'm choosing between someone else being impacted or myself being comfortable, I'm choosing God's plan. As you fall more in love with Jesus, you'll see your priorities change where you used to, oh, I'm just trying to enjoy life, right? Where you don't even think about that. You just think, how can I give God his inheritance? How can I answer the call of God? And then God takes care of all those things. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The master key to abundant provision is being a kingdom person, a person who doesn't even think think about their own provision, but goes after the 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 gifts of that goes after God's inheritance that goes after the lost right that that says a kind word that says hey I want to tell you that God loves you and He's got a plan for your life that that walks up to people and says hey let me ask you a question if today was the last day you had on this earth do you know for sure you're going to heaven someone who puts the kingdom of God as their number one priority and so how you handle those three things your esteem for the word of God your love uh, for the Lord you're yielding to the Lord and then your obedience to godly authority makes all the difference in you accomplishing God's call for your life or not accomplishing God's call. You know, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says, My son, attend unto my word, incline your ear unto my saying, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they will be life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. When you think about that scripture, just the imagery on uh, my son attend to my word. What do you think of when you think of attend, right? You're, someone's attending an event or an attendant, right? A flight attendant. What is their job? Is to attend to the people. And so if you think about attending to the word, it's paying attention to the word, 
giving first place to the word. If I'm paying attention to my wife, I can't be paying attention to my phone, right? You can't have a split. That's not truly paying attention. Are you listening to me? Are you paying attention to me? You hear parents say that. Are you even paying attention? Are you paying Are you paying attention in class? Pay attention. Give it your full attention. When you read the word, how you esteem it, how you treat it, this is the word of God. This is the life of God. Attend unto my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Think about that. What does incline mean? If, you, if you're driving on an incline, it's something that's not straight. It's something that's either up or down, right? And so an inclination of the ear to incline your ear means to lean into something. So if I was going to incline my ear to a friend's phone conversation, I would push out all other sounds and I would lean my ear to overhear something. I use the analogy as if Elon Musk walked into the room or a famous person walked into the room and started to talk and he was talking with someone and we were just within earshot where we could hear them, but we had to strain. We would like be trying to inch our way closer and we'd be inclining our ear to listen to that conversation. And and there might be other noise, but we're tuning that other noise out to incline our ear. It's giving our full attention, like we're going to grab a nugget, right, from this conversation. And it's no different when we approach the word. This thing has my full attention. This thing, I've inclined my ear and I'm giving it full attention. This thing has my whole uh, my whole mind. It has my whole heart. When I read it, I dive into the word. And it says... Uh, attendance, the word, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart. What's in the middle of your heart? Is in the middle of your heart your plans for your life or is it the word of God? And this is where we, we have to keep a constant check because it's easy to get caught up with something else. Hey, it's Thanksgiving time. It's Christmas time. I'm, I'm just in this Christmas mode. You know, it's easy to get caught up in those things. But when you look and say, man, what's in the middle of my heart? Let me retain the word in the min- middle of my heart, in the center of my person. This is where your destiny starts moving forward because you start to see God has given you a weapon in the word. You know, Isaiah 54, 17 says, um, no weapon no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up in judgment against you, you shall condemn. And so we see this recipe here about, he isn't just giving us words of comfort. He's giving us words of comfort at the beginning, saying, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But the follow-up sentence is actually direction on how that's the case. Because if you look at Christians who've died early, there are people who've Uh, Christians who've had weapons formed against them that have actually prospered, right? In the short term, ultimately they're in heaven, but weapons formed against them that have prospered. But it's because they didn't do the second part of the verse. Every uh, tongue that rises up in judgment against you, you shall condemn. If there's something coming against your life, as a child of God, it's your responsibility. Father, I thank you. Right now, this depression that's trying to come, I curse you right now in Jesus' name. I break your power. Lord, you said in your word that you give me a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So I just praise you. I bless your name. There's things that we do as children of God to activate our faith, to respond to when the struggles of life come. If depression has been it, as heaviness has been it, there's in the word your your freedom from that thing. It's by the power of God released as you praise the Lord. If you're a person that says, man, I've always just been kind of a somber, sad person. It's just really a spirit of heaviness. I've kind of had depression. You need to be a person who 
praises every day, wholeheartedly turns on uh, praise music, not worship music, praise music, and praises the Lord and see what the Lord will do. God has given us the power in his word, the instruction in his word, the ability through his word to overcome every obstacle. But how we esteem the word will will ultimately dictate if we're victorious or not. I've chosen, I'm going to be a victor and I'm getting there by the word. I'm getting there by obedience to godly authority and by my yieldedness and love for the Lord. Are you with me? Thanks for joining us on this journey. As we continue here, we're close to 170 uh, of these podcasts coming up soon. Pretty awesome. Um, We'd love to hear your feedback. If there's a uh, subject that you'd like to hear us do a podcast on, I know people have their favorites, but if there's something you want to hear us go in more in depth on, please feel free to message us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. You guys are awesome. We'll talk to you soon.